Welcome to Guardy Lou, the podcast where we learn so much about graves that we can no longer sleep at night. I'm Lillian. And I'm Joyce. <laughs> and today we are talking about graves just in time for Halloween. Or a little early, I guess. But it's creepy. Well, the month of October is Halloween. Like you said, it's been Halloween at your house for the last two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Halloween for a while. I kind of uh, got on this topic because there was a story that came out recently in Poland where there were archaeologists that found a grave that had like a metal, um, I think it was like a sickle or something that they had placed around the neck so that the person wouldn't be able to get up. And they thought, archaeologists now think maybe they thought the person was either a witch or a vampire. Or a zombie. Well, I don't know if that's what they were thinking, but I guess I think at that time period, Poland had a lot of vampire stuff going on because they also had found graves where people were beheaded and some there was one where somebody had a brick stuffed into their mouth. Ugh. I don't know what that was supposed to stop them from doing, but the sickle they think around the neck is supposed to keep them from coming back to life. And this is the weirdest part, though. They also had a padlock tied to the toe on the left foot. And I just can't figure that one out. Was it on a chain on the left foot? I don't just know. I haven't been left... able to find that information. And I also would really like to see a picture of it. Because they showed the sickle on the neck, like the head and everything. But they didn't show the foot. And I'm just kind of, I can't picture it. Like, what? how would you put a padlock on a foot, on a toe? How would it do anything? Yeah. How does it stop anything? Yeah, you can still get out. It? And I guess like they don't really know what it means, so it's just one of those weird things. I guess I'll just get started. So I'm going to go first this week, which is like a big change, because usually you go first. Yeah. <laughs> you usually have more factual stuff. I have, though. You've got Creepy the good stuff. stories. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple this time, but I do have more... I think faxed. Facts, not facts. <laughs> I'm going to warm up a little here. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess like the first thing I started looking into is being buried alive because, you know, that was a big worry for people back then. And I, I came across this story about a boy. Um, well, he's not really a boy. He was 19 years old. This was in 1937 in France, and his name was Angelo Hayes. Um, although I think some people referred to him as Angel, so I'm not super sure about the name, but, um, so Angelo Hayes, he, he was, uh, riding his motorcycle and got thrown from it into a brick wall head first. Um, or it could have been a bike too. I'm not sure if it was a bike or a motorcycle, but he was on something with wheels <laughs> and he got thrown into a brick wall head first. And his dad was like, oh, he's dead, you know, and um, let's get him buried. And so they did. But a suspicious insurance agent started kind of looking into stuff because he was like, found out, I guess he found out that the dad had just taken out a big insurance policy on the son, which seemed odd. And then suddenly he's like flying through the air into a wall. And 
they had the grave exhumed, so they dug him back up, and he was still alive. And how long was this that he was in there? It wasn't too long, but it was, you know, pretty long, like two days, I guess. And the reason he managed to live was he was in a coma, so he wasn't using as much oxygen as normal. Mm-hmm. So he was able to kind of, his body kind of like shut down a lot, I think, and slowed down or whatever. Um, but <laughs> so he lived and he went through a bunch of rehabilitation and he became kind of a celebrity and he invented a security coffin that came with a trans, a radio transmitter, a food locker, <laughs> a library, and a chemical toilet, just in case anyone, you know, found themselves in that same predicament. And I'm like, who's going to sit there reading books in their library underground? Like, How big is this coffin? <laughs> no, that's what I was imagining, too. I'm like, is this like a size of a small trailer? It's just like a vault, I guess. Like a mausoleum <laughs> vault. Yeah, so... He he traveled around with his, his coffin, um, but there was a lot of other inventions for people who were worried about getting buried alive, because it, it did happen back in the day, more than, oh, yeah. you know, now, obviously. We have, we have way more technology and skills and knowledge to make sure you're dead before we bury you or cremate you or whatever. Um, but, so, there was the safety coffin... Um, it included a spring-loaded compartment atop the grave that would pop open like a jack-in-the-box if there were any movements below. So I'm just imagining, like, the decomposition process of your body. <laughs> it's like, make stuff move. So well, you produce it produces the gases gas. and stuff, right? <laughs> yes. So, But, like, your body can also move, you know, because yeah. of this stuff. And so I'm just... I'm just kind of imagining this happening in cemeteries where it's just the coffins are like popping open because, but the person's really dead. So it must have been pretty grueling to work in a cemetery. I would think so. Like, like a lot of gross surprises. Some of the uh, coffins also came with little vents so fresh air could get in or a bell that you could ring. So they had different safety things that they started building into the coffins. Um, a more elaborate version was called the escape coffin, and um, <laughs> these were used in vaults, and they had a spring-loaded lid that could be opened with the merest movement of a head or hand. So again, if you just move, it's going to pop open. And um, they had a had a ventilated area so that you could open it from the inside. Wow. Well... It actually had a patented wheel lock. So there was this fireman and he invented it so that he could open the coffin or the vault from the inside. And it also had air vents and stuff. So if you were in there, you could still breathe and live longer and hope for an escape. Well, if, if they've already put dirt on top, how are you going to pull that? It won't open. Yeah, I think because this one's made for a vault, I guess it was... They didn't have dirt on top, so it was no. like a building. Yeah. But the other one, I don't know. Like, it, if it springs open, it would just be weighed down by the dirt, I imagine. Yeah. Well, in a lot of cultures, bury their p- 
people right away. I mean, the same day or yeah, within twenty four hours. Yes. Or there's certain rules that have to, they have to be buried. Um, the waiting mortuary was kind of interesting. It was really popular in Germany, so they would have these buildings or halls or whatever where they would lay out all the dead people and then um, somebody would just kind of stand guard over them for so much time to make sure nobody suddenly became alive again. Um, And I read too about people like that would have to sleep, like you would go with your loved one and stay the night next to them for the night or whatever to make sure that they didn't wake up, which must have been really creepy too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they used to have the wakes and stuff, like in their home, they just have the coffin laid there with the viewing right in their homes. Yeah, but I think these are a little bit, you know, there was not, you weren't, they weren't always the only body, dead body in there, so you could be in there with anybody, other people's, <laughs> other people's relatives that maybe didn't have someone to sit there with them. Um, they also had... Sometimes some of them would have bells attached to fingers so that the person that was on guard would could stay in another room and just listen to hear if they heard anything, like moving around in there. Oh, the that would ringing. be disappointing when that happened. You know, like you say, the body decomposes, it starts, because they say it starts to decompose right away. Right. Within minutes of death, but if they start starts moving, it rings that bell, and you have, oh, great, they're alive, and they're not. Yeah, and then you run in there. I don't know, it's just all kind of creepy to me. Yes. I'm, I'm glad that we don't have to do that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. thank God for modern medicine and <laughs> modern everything. Um, Mark Twain visited one in Munich in 1880, and he wrote, There were 36 corpses of adults in sight stretched on their backs on slightly slanted boards in three long rows. All of them with wax-white, rigid faces, and all of them wrapped in white shrouds. Along the sides of the room were deep alcoves like bay windows, and in each of these lay several marble-visaged babes, utterly hidden and buried under banks of fresh flowers. Around a figure of each of these fifty still forms, both great and small, was a ring, and from the ring a wire led to the ceiling, and thence to a bell, in a watch room yonder, where day and night a watchman always sits alert and ready to spring to the aid of any of that pallid company who, walked out of death, shall make a movement. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, Mark Twain, interesting life right there. Really? (laughs) Doing all kinds of stuff I didn't know about. (laughs) All right, I'm going to move this paper and hope it doesn't make too much noise over here. Oh, so this this um, <laughs> um, Austrian emperor Joseph II started worrying in 1784 about Vienna's extravagant funerals, and he was concerned because they were using up so much wood, and um, thought maybe they could do stuff that would be a little bit uh, less wasteful, I guess. So he came up with a reusable coffin which was a wooden coffin that contained a trapdoor on the bottom. So you would put your loved one into the coffin, I guess have a funeral, and then when it was done, they would just pull a lever or whatever they did, and the bottom would drop out, and then the body would just fall into the ditch underneath, 
with all the other bodies <laughs> would close back up and then they could have the next funeral. So it'd be like a mass grave or did they yeah. take the body out and plant it? No, it was, various. I think they were just <laughs> stuck in there. Yeah. So, but the people were just horrified by this. So it never really took off. Like they just thought it was a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> kind of, you know, I guess rude to their family member or whatever. Yeah. Even though really that person didn't care. Yeah. At that point, you're kind of just worm food. I hate to say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I feel once you're dead. That's it. I mean. Um, um, yeah. Like what? I don't know. I think I'd rather just be planted under a tree or something. Or, you know, one of those, they have all these things now that you can do, like get turned into a diamond or uh, they grow a tree on top of you. I'll probably just get cremated, though, because all those options are very expensive. <laughs> yes. I'm for, I'm for go the cheapest way. Give me the cheapest way when I go. Yeah. Grind me up for dog food. No. <laughs> well, they've had be a little horrifying, things, but... yeah, where they thought that might be happening. <laughs> yeah. Feed the pigs. <laughs> Um, so the next one I have is mort safes, and these are, um, considered, like, a cage. Well, you've, you've probably seen them in old cemeteries once in a while. Mm -hmm. It's like a cage that goes over the grave. There is, um, one that kind of goes, like, over the whole grave, and one that I think just kind of goes around the actual coffin itself, um, to keep people from robbing graves. And, um... <laughs> People thought for a while, like more modernly, that it was to keep whoever was in the grave inside, inside like a vampire yes. or something or a witch. But they've figured out that it was really to keep people from stealing the bodies. Yes. Because uh, there was this big need at the time for fresh bodies for the medical students to, I guess, dissect and, yes. ex you know, learn about the human body. And <laughs> so there's a there's a quite a few stories about people stealing the bodies to make money. Um, there was one story that I found. Um, where did I put it now? There was a a couple of guys that kind of got together and started robbing the graves. Oh, here they are: William Burke and William Hare. Um, in Edinburgh, Scotland, in 1827, they started. They started with digging up the fresh peep, fresh. That's not what the information I got. Oh well, let me finish mine, okay. then we'll hear your side. So they started digging up people after they died and selling them to the the medical schools, but they wanted to increase their revenue, so they thought, oh, we could kill some people instead of digging them up. It's probably less work, too. <laughs> and um, so they started killing people so that they could produce more bodies, but eventually they got caught and, um, you know, stopped, obviously. I did a little research on them because I found that one kind of interesting. Okay, so let's hear what you found. That they, um, one of them had owned a, well, Actually, he married a widow of a friend so he could get this boarding house. <laughs> and he had a boarding house, and one of the tenants died from dropsy, 
which we kind of figured was all the swelling. It's like a swelling disease, so probably alcoholic or whatever. But anyway, he died, but he owed them four pounds in back rent. So oh. they thought, oh, let's go we'll get our money. the body. Yeah. So they went to the... Um, to the, the anatomy, anatomy department of the Edinburgh University, and they, the person they inquired for wasn't there, so then they, they were directed to the mortician that was in the, in the, um, or the basement, I guess. And he started, he bought it, the body, but he told them, you know, you can't have, you have to take the clothes off. They can't have clothes on because it wasn't illegal to sell a body, but it was illegal to sell the clothes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Somehow that sounds about right for yeah. humanity. But yeah. So, so they, they, you know, they got, they got 10 pounds and that's about, oh, almost a thousand dollars. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And nowadays. Now. Yeah. yeah. And the average... They said the average laborer only made about 12 pounds a year. Oh, my gosh. So that was, I mean, they got almost, there's two of them, they split the money, but. Yeah, but that, you just do a couple bodies a year and you're in the, in the money for sure. Yeah, except they did 16. Yeah. <laughs> in the course of two years. I wonder if people, like local people were thinking, how are they making so much money? Yeah, they didn't. They, they had a boarding house, or they stayed at the boarding well, house. They said they pretty much drank it all, and you know. Yeah, but but still, like they must have seemed really rich compared to most people. Yeah, and then they they got caught because they they stored one of the bodies in a room, and one of the other boarders found it and turned him in. Well, hair turned evidence, states evidence basically, and on his buddy there. Oh, blamed it all on him. Yeah, and he was executed. He was hung, and his body was donated to <laughs> the, the hospital. That's some karma right there. <laughs> yeah, to be dissected. Oh, yeah, because that, they used to give all the bodies, right, to the... Criminals, yeah, the they, criminals, they just yeah. donated them to the thing, but they didn't have it. They, you know, they get like six... Six or so a week or whatever, yeah. and they had like a thousand. They needed more for their students. Students, but it's like if you're a criminal, Scotland. you don't get a choice. They just donate you. They just donate yeah. you. It's so on dis- they have on. They don't have the brain on display anymore at the the <laughs> museum bra- they have brain? there. Yeah, but they, they have a, yeah they have a piece of his brain stuck in alcohol. So so just and they, satisfying, I guess. <laughs> they made a notebook. In calling card out of his skin, <laughs> calling card case out of his skin, and that's displayed there. And then they also, those mort safes, they would have, when it became really bad, and they were stealing a lot of the graves, they would form this uh, mort safe societies where you would make payments ahead of time, and they would put you in a, a stone coffin, and it would be guarded they'd have a few of these and they hired a guard to watch to make sure and you'd stayed in there for like two weeks I think yeah it was. I read that so like the the more safe would protect you from being dug up and until you were not usable anymore well, basically six weeks basically. yeah more by viable. then you, your body deteriorated so much <laughs> that they didn't, wanted it. they didn't want it they couldn't yeah, so then like it. they would move the cages to the next grave yeah whoever well, died yeah 
Oh, well, this one, they just had one, and they kept them in there, and then they moved them out and put another one in. Oh, so they would move the body? Yeah. I'd much rather move the cage. Well, because they said there was one left. As, as it kind of ended, they they didn't do it anymore. People that's how want... they get left, and that's why there's a few left in the graves. In the grave, yeah. Graveyard, old in graveyards thing, now. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's pretty disturbing. I have an, are, are you done? I have another story about grave robbery that started in, or happened in 2011 which I thought was oh, pretty ahead. modern. Go ahead, yeah, that's not that long ago. <laughs> okay, so in 2011, there was this guy named Anatoly Mosk- Moskvin, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, and he was this really smart guy. Um, he was highly educated and everything. I think he might have been a professor, but I kind of forget. I didn't write that part down, but... Anyway, he he lived with his parents um, in the back bedroom, and he had all these dolls that he was making, but they weren't really dolls. He was going around, and he would um, exhume little girls after they died, and he was like, um, I guess like taxidermying them oh. and turning them into his dolls, and then he would, you know, buy their buy them clothes and um, dress them up. And he had like 29, I think, when they figured out what was going on in his room when he was arrested. Um, <laughs> yeah, he. it's really creepy. There was a story about a mom that her daughter had died and they had buried her. And when they came back to put flowers and stuff on the grave, like stuff had been moved around and it was weird. Because he must have dug her up and then put everything back, but not quite the same way. And um, But they didn't realize what had happened until years later when it was discovered that he had these bodies in his, um, in his room. And he would put lipstick and makeup on them. And there was a few pictures you could see online that were pretty creepy. Um, he put... Some of them he put music boxes inside their rib cages so they would play music like some dolls do I guess back oh. you know back back then um and uh he would celebrate each of their birthdays in his room and he would also like send weird messages sometimes to people the parents like saying that they didn't do a good job taking care of their daughter or whatever because he thought he was keeping them going so that they because they were going to come back to life eventually Oh. And that the parents had just kind of abandoned them. Um, but yeah, and his mother, who was 76, told the police, We saw these dolls, but we did not suspect there were dead bodies inside. We thought it was his hobby to make such big dolls and did not see anything wrong with it. <laughs> Can you imagine that? they were like, half blind, too. <laughs> yeah, that was like going on in their house. Um, and I guess like what would happen, too, is his dad would go away... For business maybe or something and then he would that's when he would dig up the fresh bodies and then work on them and so his his mom must have just been really oblivious or in total denial I don't know but he mm. did get arrested and go to jail but he was like I think he was put in the psychiatric ward because they decided he was unfit to stand trial he was nuts he's totally <laughs> yeah. yeah certifiable yeah certifiable Really well, definitely. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. Yes. Um, 
So those are my but they were all stories he, about grave robbing. He yeah. dug them all up, though. They know that for sure. It wasn't. Yeah. They said like he would make like a hole in the coffin somehow and like pull them up out through it and then, you know, just put the dirt back down and cover it up. I don't know. I don't understand how people can dig up graves, but I guess maybe they're not as deep as they seem on TV because really all, all the only graves I've seen being <laughs> dug up are in movies or it's like this huge hole. Maybe they don't bury them quite as deep as that in real life. Or, you know, the the cinematic part is makes it look even deeper. I thought they put, like, a cement fault around the coffins. I don't think they do for all of them. No. Just maybe some... I don't... I doubt they still do that. It just seems like it would be too much. Might have been just in low low areas where they may get flooded or something, maybe. Oh, I don't yeah. know. That's true. It could be. It should have been this stuff. something we should look up. should have yeah. looked up instead of what I did look up. But the stories <laughs> are more interesting. Um, okay, so then they had coffin torpedoes, which I <laughs> just find so ridiculous. Um, after the Civil War, when they were having those, these body theft, thefts or whatever, um, Americans, of course, Americans, decided to do something more explosive. So they um, they created like a modified firearm that would shoot lead balls out when the coffin was opened. So there'd be like a gun in there with a hair trigger, I don't know, or something to pull it so that when you, if the coffin lid was opened, it would start shooting. Or they created something kind of like a landmine device so that it would just, like, detonate if the grave was disturbed. Hmm. Which I really should have looked up more about because I'm wondering, like, how many people got injured. You know, like, you're just mowing the graveyard. I don't know. Yeah. You know, taking care of it, whatever, and something moves or shifts and then a landmine goes off. Yeah, that can't... And then is there, like body parts flying all over the place i don't think that would be legal to do something like that well i mean only in america when was this it just says after the u.s civil war well i didn't have as many laws then either yeah that's true i mean it was all new new exciting (laughs) things were happening um so i have this other little tidbit i just snuck in here that so once you're in the coffin and you start to your body starts decomposing and everything, there's all these gases that can build up. And if you have a really airtight coffin, it's really there's a lot of pressure in there, like building up from the gases. And so I read some stories about people that worked in cemeteries saying that um, sometimes the coffin, if, like if they have to exhume graves or they have to move graves because sometimes they have to move the cemetery because they're going to put a skyscraper there or something, you know? Yes. <laughs> but in those cases, like sometimes the gases will have built up so much that just like the bumping of the lid or something that opens it a little bit will just make the coffins like explode open, like Elvira, you know, like yeah. <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. From TV, so I just thought that was weird that that really happens. Which must be bad if they have to go back in, you know, doing a second autopsy or something. I don't know if they how often they've done that in the past, way past, but it would be awful to 
have I to know. be the one to exhume the body and have I that happen. I would not want that job. I think about that, like those jobs that you don't really want. Yeah, definitely not the job for me, that's for sure. I don't know. And sometimes they have to exhume them really long after they've mm-hmm. been buried. Years And sometimes. it's just, I don't know if those people have really strong stomachs or <laughs> constitutions or whatever. Well, they do. It's got to be really hard. But I just thought that was funny, and it made me think about the Poltergeist movie, which we watched last year, um, the kids, because I thought, oh, this will be a good kind of scary movie, but it's probably pretty hokey, you know, so it'll be fine. But it actually was a lot scarier <laughs> than I remembered. Um, there's like a scene where the guy's like shaving or something and his face starts coming off. That really scared Junie really bad. But there's that scene where the coffins are all floating around in the water in the base, the basement that's been dug out for the new house that's going to be built. And then I think there's a scene in there where the coffin just explodes open. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, wow, that's real. It's not just movie magic. No, a lot of that movie magic was based on real yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm just like, oh <laughs> guess, my god. They probably overdid it, but. Well, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think the skeleton was probably moving around and stuff. <laughs> You know, which wouldn't happen, but, um, so the next thing I looked into, well, I guess I could do a a podcast episode on dogs disturbing podcasts instead of (laughs) graves, but, um, so one of the things I found about animals disturbing, disturbing graves and graveyards was in, in, um, England where they, they have a lot of old, uh, you know, cemeteries and stuff. But they also have a badger problem there, and it there was many stories about this where the badgers are just like digging up graves <laughs> and moving in, moving in, <laughs> taking bones and stealing them. Um, and then of course they're breeding, so they just keep there's just more and more badgers like showing up and and causing trouble. And the problem is that they're a protected species, so a lot of times they can't really do much about it except keep repairing the damage that they're doing. And they have to get special permission to move them from their, you know, uh, whatever it's called. What are, you know, I don't know what they call it. They're, they relocate they're nature them? people. Nat- I think it's called Natural England or something. And they have to get a special license. But it's funny because they can't, they can't move them, so they have to just fix stuff, and then they just come and do it again. Cause they they like digging tunnels, cause the dirt's all been dug up and it's soft and yeah, it's you know easy for them. And <laughs> there's this one story about this lady who's she's 88 years old. Her name was Ann Mathers, and she lives right behind the cemetery in Dudley. And she said that animals had been digging up bones and graves and leaving them around for her to find. And so everybody's, like, freaking out because she she went out to her garden and just found a human skull. And she was calling her daughter, like, somebody's getting murdered. People are getting <laughs> murdered, you know. And her daughter had to get the police. And um, they came and investigated it. And they, they figured out that the um, badgers had found this path between the cemetery and her house. So they were just kind of digging up some bones, <laughs> taking them to her garden. And leaving them there for her to see. And, um, you know, people are like, those are our loved ones, or, you know, we know people they knew, you know, and 
that have died and they're, you know, concerned because their body parts are <laughs> being strewn all over the place. It's just kind of creepy. Well, they had that one here. Up, well, it's up in Albuquerque where the prairie dogs were doing the same thing. Yeah, and they're they, kind of the same. They like to make tunnels. The handyman there wanted to start poisoning them because they were coming and everybody was upset because they're also you protected. Know, protected. Yeah, yeah. And they finally ended up having to replace the walls and they had to go down five feet deep. Oh, that's right. I read Cement about that. Walls, and then yeah. three feet up or something above the ground. Above the ground, yeah. Out. And then they just relocated them all. Yes. So. Which I'm sure was a big job. I bet. So they probably breed like rats, I would think. I mean, Or rabbits. And- or rabbits, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I just thought those were kind of interesting stories, too, that these poor cemetery workers are battling animals and environmental elements. So I've read lots of stories about, you know, these old cemeteries that are having trouble because of erosion. And they were once, you know, up on high ground and, um, you know, not near the water, but over time they're now sinking into oceans and and water and stuff and and it's becoming a problem because the bones are just like floating around floating around <laughs> there's coffins floating around the pi- bones piling up on the beaches um yeah so there's some different stories like heart island in new york city where they bury a lot of people especially poor people or people who weren't their bodies weren't claimed by any family they, they get buried there, and it's it's kind of just, you know, mass graves, really. And um, so <laughs> as the shoreline is starting to wash away, they're finding just bones are being unearthed and going around the outside of the island because of the erosion. Um, well, I get a picture of, like, the crossbones... The pirate yeah, flag like <laughs> and bones coming out the side of the island. It's probably where they buried treasure. And the people <laughs> are go there. they're upset about it because you know some a lot of these people are buried there and they, there's no markers or anything and they don't people don't even know who they are or what happened. They might not know what happened to their loved one. It could they could be buried there and they don't know. And then on top of that, now they're just like washing out, you know, into the into the water, and um, so. I don't know. I guess I don't have that much of a sentimental feeling about dead bodies. Yeah. Like, to me, it's just like you're that person's gone. So, like, where you get buried or whatever happens to you is not happening to them, really. Yeah, so it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't, like, if the bones are there, it, that doesn't bother me so much. I mean, it's kind of creepy, and maybe it's bad. It could be, um unhygienic I suppose yeah, or, you health know, reasons, for yes. health reasons but it's just kind of like there's a lot of bodies buried on the planet you know mm-hmm. that we don't realize we we're walking over all the time or have been built on you know there's a lot of places in New York City that are on top built on top of old cemeteries mm-hmm. so well, that's where it goes to the what you don't know won't hurt you <laughs> Yeah, I just don't think about it. I'm so glad I did not know when I was a kid, because I was, like, terrified to step on a grave when I was a kid. Oh, something bad would happen? Well, I saw 
<laughs> I saw the end of Carrie, the Stephen King oh, yes. movie, where her hand, and this is a spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen it, but I can't imagine anybody's not seen it yet, but the, it was the old one, but her hand comes up out of the grave. I don't know if it was like a dream or if it really happened, because I did not see the whole movie. I was a kid. I just walked into the room at that moment. <laughs> really bad moment. <laughs> and the hand comes up out of the grave. And so that was always on my mind. <laughs> like when we would go to a cemetery, which wasn't very often, but, um, so yeah, they, they have like a 13.2 million emergency fund to try to fix the, the park, the heart, the hearts Island. Um, how much was it? 13.2 million. Probably um, not enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's bad with the climate change cause the water level is rising. So I don't really know what they think they're going to accomplish really like it's probably going to be underwater eventually yes right? you know so I don't know why they would spend money on that but I guess it matters to some people a lot so um and then in Maryland they're having sea level issues too and some of their their graveyards are are getting falling apart and getting thrown around into streams and stuff and they're you know they had a time where there was just a bunch of bodies like (laughs) and bones and stuff going down the stream probably not bodies it's probably bones because they're old but um they tried to recover them all but they couldn't and they they kind of said we'll probably be finding remains in the river for like a hundred years because it just went down the stream (laughs) Imagine just, like, sitting there fishing or something. It's like skeletons are going by. Oh. And then they have to go through the whole thing of how old is this body? You know, they need to find out because bodies do deteriorate at different rates depending on what's surrounding them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not good. I don't know, but... With all the other issues with the climate change, that one just doesn't seem like something we should be worrying about as much as others, for me personally. Yes. <laughs> like, they're already dead. We're not going to improve their lives in any way by moving the bodies no. or building walls around it or whatever. Okay, Leeville, Louisiana. There's a cemetery there, and um, I guess what's happening is the salt water's mixing in with the fresh water more than they would like um, from the Gulf. So the cemetery's trees are all dying because it's too much salt water, um, which is not helping the erosion. And they're just, it's basically like turning into a big marsh area. So all the graves are in mud, I guess. (laughs) They're going to have to relocate them i'm not sure what they're gonna do they said that you can only get there by boat the headstones are are barely visible above the water um and the ground is subsided to barely sea level so about seven feet of land washed away when during hurricane isaac because they had a tidal surge so that one's just I mean, you didn't realize you were going to get a burial at sea, but it sounds like, <laughs> like it's where it's headed, you know. Um, 
Oh, wow. So Louisiana, the coast, coast of Louisiana has lost about 1,900 square miles of land since the 1930s as canals dug for oil exploration allowed salty water to intrude into marshes in a succession of powerful hurricanes sucked marsh muck that protects populated areas out, out into the Gulf. So I guess all that mud was like a protective barrier, but now it's just going away. So they're getting, the erosion's probably increasing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting how climate change is affecting that. everything, really. Yeah, everything. Um, so my next topic was witch graves, as I stumbled onto something about that, and then I was kind of fascinated by it. And it's also really sad to think about that these poor women are just grumpy old ladies or something, and then they get labeled witches. But a couple of them sound like they got their revenge in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there is a woman in 1704 named Lilius Addy that confessed to being a witch and having sex with the devil. And when I say confess, that's with quotation oh, marks around it. Confessed. Yeah. Um, she said the devil had been wearing a hat when he first visited her in a cornfield at sunset. And that was the first time they met. And then under questioning, she described how the devil had lain with her carnally and made her renounce her baptism. And she described him as having cold pale skin and cloven hoofed feet like a cow hmm. so she went to jail because she admitted her crime <laughs> <laughs> but she died before her trial and sentencing and they were worried that she would try to come back to life because she's a witch like she has magic powers or whatever and get revenge on them so they decided to bury her in the mud between high tide and low tide and then they sunk a heavy flat stone over the top and this was another this was method of burial was done for different people like if you committed suicide or I'm sure if you they thought you were a vampire anybody that they thought was not just dead. <laughs> yeah, or bad in some way. I really don't understand the suicide part, but I guess maybe they I guess they believe that you only committed suicide because the devil made you kind of thing, so you were obviously demonically possessed or something. I don't know. And so they would they would put these big stones on you to keep you in the grave. And um yeah, so the she's been her grave was robbed and they got her skull and it's in a museum kind of like that other guy <laughs> that you were talking about earlier that was the was robbing the graves but she she was her head's in a in the um in a in a university museum but and the stone slab is still there so her remains have been removed but her the stone is still stuck there so you can go see it and let's see. How did she get her revenge? I don't think she did, unfortunately. Oh, I thought you said she did. No, not. I said some of them did. Oh, she's some of just them not, did. Okay. Not she's her. not one of them, unfortunately. Um, let's see. Okay, Rhoda Ward in Bridgeport. Oh, the last one, Lilius Addy was in Toryburn, Scotland. And then Rhoda Ward, she's from, was in Bridgeport, West Virginia. And, um... She got chicken pox and got really sick, and she started throwing up blood and 
crooked pins, which I'm not sure what that means, crooked pins, but I was imagining safety pins that were bent or something, but <laughs> it might have just been straight pins that were bent. Her really close friend happened to be there when she was sick and testified that she saw the pins, so not a great friend. No. <laughs> um, and the lady, the one, Rhoda, was like, when she was interrogated, she said she didn't know that she was throwing up pins. Like, she's just sick. But people showed her the pins, and she was just kind of like, well, I guess I did throw them up then. Like, she didn't know, you know. She wasn't like, absolutely not. She was just like, well, if you say that, then I guess it must be true. Sounds like someone who was honest. Yeah, like, she's Rather like, than I was too like... sick to really to know and she'd had a fever so she was kind of out of it um but she was found innocent at her trial and then she was even went had to go to trial again for the same thing and was found um innocent but then people still think that her grave is like a witch's grave and it's been the story has been passed down that it, she's like haunting the haunted. cemetery, yeah, or something creepy's going on there. The next one was Hannah Crana, and her husband mysteriously died because he fell off of a cliff. And the people in the village, and this was in Trumbull, Connecticut, said that he wouldn't have never fallen off the cliff because he knew his way around so well. So they think she used witchcraft to make him get like, confused and disoriented and fall off the cliff. Now, she um, decided, I guess, because she had this reputation, but it was it was kind of after the Salem witch trials when they people were like, oh, this thing we did was horrible, so we're not going to do this, and we're not going to kill people for being witches, but she was still a witch and everybody knew it, you know, so they, they had all these stories about her and people stayed away from her. And because they were afraid she would put a curse on him, but she, on them, but she used that to her advantage because she was so poor after her husband died. So she would do stuff and kind of make people nervous. So they would give her firewood and extra food. Oh, they'd take care of her? <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was pretty smart. Um, there's a bunch of stories about things that supposedly happened to people and they blamed, that they blamed on her. And, um, but at the end, she foretold her own death and said that she did not want to be brought into the cemetery in any other way except being carried. She didn't want to be driven on anything, you know, she had to be carried. But the locals didn't want to do that, so they decided to bring her in on a sleigh, but the coffin fell off the sleigh which sort of cemented the whole thing that she was a witch. And they were like, they tried a couple other ways to get her into the cemetery. And then eventually they just gave up and carried her in. Because they were like, (laughs) this is what she wants. We have to do it. Um, And then, so she was buried next to her husband that fell off the cliff. And people say that they can see a spectral figure sometimes appearing in the graveyard. and And it causes cars to crash and they think it's her. Oh, because she's really mad because they didn't fulfill her wishes to start yeah. off with, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Almost sounded like they said he fell. She 
made him fall off the cliff. Somebody wanted some of her property or something. Yeah, it could have been. Like, they got rid of him to see if they could... But she was could take over or something, but she was outwitted him a little bit. Yeah. Because she was... I guess she thought, well, if I'm going to be labeled this, I'm going to use it to get what I need to survive. Pretty smart. <laughs> yes. And it did say that some people in the village liked her and became her friends, so she wasn't totally alone. But there are still the stories. <laughs> they probably all had a good laugh. I kept picturing them all, like, drinking and laughing about the other people probably. in town. <laughs> Um, okay, and this one is Meg Shelton from Lancashire, 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 England. Um, Lancashire. Lancashire. I knew I wasn't saying it right, but I'm like, how's it, how's it pronounced? So she was, the story goes that she used mystical powers to steal milk and greens from farmers. Um, and she would, they were mad at her. So when she died... They didn't want her to come back to life, so they buried her, and they put a giant rock on top of her, too. But the rock doesn't appear to be big enough to cover a whole coffin, so they think she's probably been buried vertically with her head down, because that's how they would bury witches. Oh, so if they dug their way out, they'd keep digging down further. Yeah, they were upside down. And then the rock is placed on the top, um... So let me see. Yeah. So she and her her grave can still be seen at St. Anne's Church in Wood Plumpton, now part of the city of Preston, Preston District of Lancashire. So um oh, this was interesting too. So when she was she died, she was found dead in her cottage crushed between the wall and a large barrel. Um and they Apparently, she not only stole crops, but she could also make your crops fail, turn your milk sour, and cause your illness in your cattle. And the reason they put the rock on top was because they claimed that after she was buried, you could hear her corpse trying to dig up to the surface. And so they were worried she was going to get out, and that's when they decided to put the rock and she's buried head down, right? Right. And some people say she was buried, she was only buried face down and had the boulder placed on top of her grave. But other people say she was buried vertically, which makes sense because the rock wasn't big enough to cover the whole coffin to hold her down. And I think this is my last witch. Whoops. Yeah. Um, the Witch of Yazoo, Yazoo City, from Yazoo City, Mississippi. Um, she was known to lure fishermen off the river and into her cabin where she would torture and kill them. In, in 1884, the sheriff showed up and arrested her, and she fled. To, and she, when she was running to get away, she went right into quicksand in the nearby swamp. And as she died, she swore that she would return and burn the city to the ground. And the people were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. They didn't worry about it too much. But then um, the city did burn down. <laughs> and so the people got a little bit nervous about her. And they went and they put a chain link fence around her grave. And they would go and check it because it would just be like broken all the time. They'd have to repair it. 
Um, <laughs> well, chain link when this was fairly recent. Um, I don't know when this. Oh, 1904. Well, 1904, that's when the city burned down, so in 1884, she was arrested. So, it wasn't okay. too, like, immediate. Oh, I could see kids wanting to go in and... Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the town itself has, like, really capitalized on this idea. Like, they have a whole thing on their website where you can go and get a tour and, you know, all that stuff and different stories, like... This one is the theory that the fire started in the parlor of a young Miss Wise who was in preparation for her wedding to be held later that day. Um, the weird thing is that people talked about the fire was blowing so hard from the wind was blowing so hard that the fire was like really going, you know, mm -hmm. good. And but the weird thing is with the weather reports, there was no discussion about wind that day like it wasn't a windy day so like that's why people think it was a supernatural thing because the winds were so strong but it wasn't a windy day it was just around the fire so they don't know but then again like I said this is on their website which is like trying to get people to come and visit <laughs> yes and it does make me want to go and visit um so they put her tombstone they built a tombstone monument in the middle of the broken chains, but shortly, and this was in 1990, they decided to do this probably to get tourists to come, but then the tombstone supposedly broke in half. It just split, and they don't know why. And then the chains are constantly breaking and having to, having to be repaired around it. And the current local lore says that when all of the chains are gone from her grave, the witch will return again to exact her revenge on Yazoo City. So it might burn down again, huh? Yeah, or something worse, I guess. And so to this day, the cemetery sextons are careful to make sure the chains are replaced and repaired on a consistent basis. <laughs> so, and I have one more thing. Oh, actually, I have a couple more things. These are my, on a lighter note, so I don't end with, like, too much sadness, and especially after that man that made dolls out of human children, which is so disturbing. It really does keep me up at night imagining it. Um, there's a Hollywood in, not a Hollywood, a cemetery in Hollywood that has, like, a whole feline, feral feline cat colony. I guess feline cat was redundant, but you know what I'm trying to <laughs> yes. say? Like a cat. They have, it says they have five cat colonies that live at the cemetery. And so when you go there to visit graves or people or whatever, you'll just see cats like laying on headstones, hanging out everywhere, spying <laughs> on you from the trees. And so the cemeteries put out shelter, food, and water for the cats to kind of keep them happy I guess um yeah so anyway I just thought that was kind of cute I was thinking that's where Junie would want to be buried oh yeah <laughs> with all the cats and this little bit of info is just kind of fun um Ben and Jerry's ice cream apparently creates tombstones for their failed ice cream flavors <laughs> oh really yeah so um, this one was Fossil Fuel, that was the name of it, and then they make a little poem to put on the tube stone, which are kind of fun. 
And for fossil fuel, which I guess didn't sell well, it said... Doesn't sound very tasty. Yeah, it just doesn't. <laughs> Fudgy dinosaurs galore got all duck, dug up till there were no more. A flavor redesign might be doable, but fossil fuel is non-renewable. <laughs> <laughs> and white Russian. Bit adieu to old white Russian. Our tears, they are a-gushin'. But in our scoop shops, please don't forget, dead it's not. Oh no, not yet. <laughs> Fresh Georgia peach. Fresh picked peaches trucked from Georgia tasted great but couldn't last because Georgia's quite a ways away and trucks don't go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that one sounded good too. Tennessee mud. The bottle is empty, the cup and the glass. Mud with Jack Daniels was not meant to last. <laughs> and this one's from an SNL sketch, which is funny. Um, I don't know if you'll remember it, but I think it was from when I was at the age where I watched a lot of SNL. It's called Shwetty Balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Born of the classic SNL sketch. The masses rejoiced while others kvetched. Fudge-covered rum balls and malt balls galore. The double entendre too fun to ignore. This holiday favorite with love from Pete Schwetti vanished from store shelves before we were ready. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it on what I have for what I have for graves. Okay. A little bit of scary, a little bit of fun. Okay, so. I um, kind of got stuck like I usually do on one place, <laughs> and there's a lot of information I gathered for this one. It's the Greyfriars Kirkyard in Edinburgh, and it's, I, I looked up the difference between a graveyard and a um, cemetery, too. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about that. Was there a difference? Yeah, cemetery is land that's set aside for graves. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, somebody might own that property, and then they're like, we're going to make this a cemetery. And then the the um, graveyard, <clears throat> excuse me, the graveyard is in a churchyard. Oh, okay. So this was this was a, a monastery at one time, a convent. If you, hold on just a sec. If it's, what if it's in your backyard? Is that a graveyard? That's a family cemetery, I think. Oh, okay. Just no, curious. Set aside for a lot family of those members. Too. But this one, they started running out of room in the cemetery that they had, and so they, the Queen uh, Mary, donated this Everything land. Everything goes back to Queen Mary lately. Lately, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of stuff. You're there. obsessed. Well, I go to, they're, they're all connected. They're all in in Great Britain, basically. The yeah. things, and I go from one thing to another. But she don- donated some land, which they said was just in just in time because they uh, the plague. You know, everyone started coming down with the plague in uh, 1568. So, and then they would just bury these people, just mass graves and everything. But. There were a couple of sites that were really interesting. They had like virtual tours, and you could oh, see really? like you can walk down this one lane, and you could go different ways. And that's cool. We should post that so people can check it out. They just have to look for the um, Greyfriars Kirkyard. They and have the, tours, and you can access the 
online virtual tour from there. Yeah, yeah. There's, that might there's be fun. I think ones. I'm going to do that. <laughs> oh, it was interesting. Um, and I kept seeing these names, like, and let's see if you, you, they sound familiar, familiar to you. There's um, Tom Riddle. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And uh, McGonagall. McGonagall. Yeah. Mm, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. This is it. This this graveyard is just just down the road from um, the Elephant House where J.K. Rowling wrote her first novel. Oh, so she must have wandered the first there book and got some names of Harry well, it's Potter. It's a good way to get a name. I never thought of that. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, like go to the cemetery, wander around. <laughs> yeah, and there were quite a few, and 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 I thought, oh, that sounds familiar. Well, now I must know something about this. <laughs> But so it's known for that. Um, people will go there and, and to look at these these uh, mo- because monuments of Harry and mausoleums. Potter? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. so funny. That's um, like they're real people. And, uh, McGonagall was a poet, and he they said he was the worst Scottish poet that there was <laughs> that ever existed. <laughs> yeah, and he they said they penned the minimalist Scottish poem. I saw a cow. He's not there now. <laughs> I, I think that might, I might have to look that up. I hope he has a few more poems. <laughs> and Moody was another one. I should mention oh, yeah, that Moody. one. It's <clears throat> also known for uh, Grey Friars, Friars Bobby. There was a night watchman named John Gray, and he was worked for the um, Edinburgh Police Force. And they recommended that they have a dog that walked with them when they did their rounds. That makes and sense, yeah. He got a small sky terrier, or they're not sure which kind of terrier he was for sure. But They're like, you get a dog. I'm thinking for protection, then he gets, he gets a, a sky little dog. terrier. Yeah. <laughs> Though those little dogs can be That's rough. That's true. I mean, look at little Stevie Wonder here. Yeah, he's a, he's a good ankle biter for sure. But then he... Um, and John died of tuberculosis in 1858. And they, the little dog went to his grave and sat, sat by his grave for 14 years. 14 yeah. years? 14 years My he went to his grave. My dogs wouldn't even sit there for one day, I don't think. No. Lila would be like trying to bury a dead rabbit in there with me or something. <laughs> I said that the, the, the watchers, the watchmen there, in the, or guards in the cemetery, Tried to keep him out, but then they finally built a little shelter between the two stones for him. And, oh. Um, Do they have pictures of that? Of this thing? Yeah, they yeah. have some things here. I don't know about the shelter, but they have a... Excuse me. They had a little... They put a stone up for him that said, uh, A Greyfriars Bobby died 14th of January, 1872, age 16. Let his loyalty and devotion be a lesson to us all. Aww. And they said people Aww, would show so up. Cool. At, he was well known. People would show up at the gates about one o'clock because every every day at one o'clock, pretty much, he would go to the go to the pub where the guy, his owner, would get lunch every day, and oh. they would feed him. <laughs> oh, and then he'd, and they would walk. People would wait for him. Yeah. And see. Of course, oh, they say so cool. there may not may have been other people that took care of him too through the years, and oh, that I'm he, sure, yeah. he didn't always show up. They said sometimes when it was raining, he wouldn't show up. He'd just stay <laughs> in somebody's house. <laughs> yeah, he'd make the rounds, but skip some bad weather. I don't blame him. <laughs> so then there's the um, let's see, 
the legend is that, that in Scotland, this conversion of Scotland to Christianity claims that there was a covenant between God and the community of Scotland that no king could stand between them and God. Oh. And, of course, in England... Yeah, that wasn't... King was the head of the church. Too much. Yeah. Yeah, so they... they this, <laughs> <laughs> She's peeling a sticky note off of her paper, but I'm laughing because I know she thinks it's being very quiet, but it's probably going to yeah, be so be loud. loud. <laughs> yeah. We have to work on that that I know. The noise. I'm one not day. sure how we're gonna when, fix it, but maybe we, we need fix to it. get like some kind of technology where we have it on our iPads or something or tablets where you don't have to turn the page. But we're old school. <laughs> so King Charles introduced the Book of Prayer, and he wanted everybody to, you know, read only this book. Okay. And all of the ones that were opposed were called covenators. If you opposed coven- it, you covenanters or something covenanters? like that. Covenanters. Yeah, that's weird. Um, so they had, you know, they had a war about this. You know, the people in their religion back then were really. Yeah, you'd do it my way or the highway. So he he appointed George Mackenzie to take care of these people. You know, get rid of them, and they imprisoned. He's like, get rid of them, in quotes, like, like well, they, murder them? Or? They, they fought about it, and then when they would, the Covenanters were defeated, they took, imprisoned 1,200 of them and marched them to this, there was a prison there. Well, I, don't, I, I couldn't figure out if there was a regular prison or they just turned it into a prison, which was a field right next to the, this graveyard. And they put 12,000 of them in there. Like they killed them or they? For four months. They were supposed to await trial to be, you know, convicted or they were going to send them off to the colonies. So it sounds like a camp or something. Yeah, they said this is the very first documented um, concentration camp. Concentration camp. camp. Oh, disturbing. They could get out of there if they swore an oath to the king to, you know, follow Follow his religion basically instead of their own. But a lot of them, they wouldn't do it. So a lot of them were tortured. Um, many were executed. A lot of them died from the conditions because they were marched there in July. They only gave them four ounces of food a day. Oh, wow. They um, slept in the rain. They, they It started getting cold. And in, in November of that year, there were 250 were left. Oh, wow. So they, unfortunately, these poor people, they were... they. We're going to transport them to, to another colony, which probably would be either here or, or Australia. Yeah, just ship them out. But the ship wrecked. Oh, you're kidding me. And not, they were chained. <clears throat> so oh, my gosh, those poor people didn't have a chance. They, no, they didn't. They, I, 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 a couple places I read that no, no one survived, and then one of them said about 60 of them did survive. But so I don't, don't know. don't know for sure. So anyway, this... George Mackenzie, when he died, they buried him there next to, um, you know, his mausoleums right next to where the prison was, oh, where they okay. kept the prison. And it, everything was fine until uh, 1999, a homeless man 
broke into the mausoleum. They said it was raining that night. And he broke in there and to get out of the rain, they think. And evidently, he broke open some of the coffins looking for some stuff, you know. Yeah, loot he I mean, what are you going to do while you're in there? <laughs> but when he was in there, the floor gave out. Oh, my gosh. And he fell through in, through the hole on the floor where they had dumped plague victims. Oh, wow. And they said because it was sealed so much that the some of the bodies hadn't totally decomposed. Oh, I mean, that kidding. was a quite oh, you know, my years. This is like a horror like movie. 300 years, something. I don't know oh, how many years. Gosh. but So he ran screaming out of there. And the only reason they know what happened kind of is that there was a, one of the guards was walking around with his dog and he saw him and he started screaming because here comes <laughs> like, this man running to yeah. him covered with goo and gore, oh, screaming his God. head off. That's so and then scary. Homeless man ran off, but they didn't, no one. They didn't catch him. Yeah, anything. they don't know anything about him. He's probably him. just totally lost his mind. I think I would. <laughs> so they think that the combined terror of these two that, that set off this energy that, that amplified the dark energy within the tomb. Oh, boy. Because after that, they had instances where um, not too long after that, a woman was walking by, and she got blown back from away from the front of the the mausoleum, just blown, you know, on wow. her back. She said it was cold. It was a cold blast. And she just fell over on her butt? Yeah, like, she got, whoa. you know, pushed her back. Yeah. And that happened... Two, two or three times they have that documented that it happened. Um, a lot of of people go there. They have tours there. I mean, this was in 1999 that it got opened up. And then um, they put up a, a grate over the, the hole, but they didn't lock it up or anything until two teenager boys broke in, you know, went into the in there and they broke open the yeah. coffin and they took somebody's head. Oh boy, yeah. You know, and and some bones out so of there. So they left all the bodies in there and they just put a grate. They put like a they grate. They even... probably put. I'm uh, just something. thinking. Yeah, I'm just thinking like if they're still deteriorating, that's just kind of gross. Yeah, gases and yeah. stuff still coming out. I think they probably put a cement or did something to seal it, but then they put a a grate over the top. Okay. And I was thinking like a great you could see through. So they kind of they said that they prosecuted these two kids on a law that hadn't been used for like a thousand years oh, or geez. something. The uh, the grave robber one they prosecuted wow. him I with that. I kind of feel sorry for the kids because it's they do stupid things. Yeah, They're like fifteen and sixteen. You can see something. like the curiosity would be there with the legends and the stories and. <clears throat> So and they do they they have walking tours and things that go through there. But a lot of people who have gone there have experienced this, you know, phenomenon of they get come out of there they have bruises and scratches and Ooh. things like that. And they they said that uh, um, a lot of them would go home and then it would turn up. Oh, then they so would they get, wouldn't have a bite until they got home. Then they'd see the. Then bite. it would show up. That's yeah. so creepy. And they, uh, in, I don't know what year this was, that they said as a wealthy Texas tourist sued them. Really? Sued the, the cemetery after 
he had visited the mausoleum and he collapsed and discovered he when he got out of to his hotel room he discovered that he had scratches on his back so he he wasn't looking for money he wanted them to see it to, to close it off so they did he won his suit and they close. It's that part of the the so you can't go graveyard. In there anymore? You you can't go in there like in the daytime. You can't go in there unless you're on this one particular um, tour. The I think it's called the City of the Dead tours. They made a deal with the cemetery that they would cover all insurance. Oh, they would have exclusive rights yeah. to tour the, the museum. I mean, not the museum, the graveyard, and that they could go in that part. They had the keys. They have the only keys to that. Oh, wild. And, and they can go in there. But they've had... Um, I'm just trying to make sense of how he won the lawsuit. Like, you're in a court of law, and you have to prove that some supernatural thing bit you or scratched you or whatever. I, guess I mean, how does that even... He had pictures and stuff. I don't know because yeah, anyone so could weird. do that. But he, they said he won the lawsuit. I mean, even if it was like a fake, like they have people in there that bite you and scratch you or something. But I don't know. It just seems so like it would be hard to, it seems like it would be a hard lawsuit to win. But he did win, so. Well, it has, it, this is the most documented place in the world for um, paranormal activity. Wow, wild. The most, I mean, they've got... These people it here. It makes me want to go, but not really, but kind of. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'll tell you, when I was just reading about this, I was, my stomach was starting to... Getting scary. Get, yes. Because <laughs> it looks... It, it's interesting when you see it. You know, I was always interested in cemeteries and things like that, gravestones and yeah. looking at them and everything. But at first it was like, oh, this is cool because you could take that virtual... Uh, then you're like, am I going to bring some creepy something home just watching it on the internet yeah they said people when they left there they would go home and sometimes they'd feel things then when they got home like they would take that energy with them Ooh. and they would they were um oh i forgot the the, oh, <laughs> the city of the dead tour group they provide their insurance and they also share what they money they make they split it with the the cemetery the city oh the city, city. Okay. yeah they have exclusive access to the prison tours. But people would be scratched, burned. Their hair would be pulled. Burned. They'd become ill. Whoa. They'd see things. Um, they have a, a, a 140 people through the course of their keeping the records have collapsed. Oh, 140? 140. Wow. They had f over 500 documentations of people. And I did see, and I, I didn't write down the, the, the site, and I wish I had because it showed all these different people where they got it. it would go a lot of them would be like right through their clothes it was like, like a picture of what had happened to their body yeah what it oh. looked like and they'd be handprints and Ooh. and and scrapes and scratches oh, wow. and all these things that would happen that's wild and i saw one where this man and and he had two or three other i think his father went too and two or three girls went and they one had a one that uh, one of those little meters that me measures the energy. Oh yeah, I've seen those. And they had that, and then they had an infrared camera. Oh yeah, okay. That would show like heat, heat and cold. Right. So they went in and they held the camera up to the to the the the, 
gate to that to the prison and you could see one of them would ask a question like is there anybody here and you'd see a little red thing come up and it would then they'd ask another question and are you a male or a female and it would kind of disappear it would come back up well anyway they 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 left and the guy was home and he said i just he he comes you know he comes back on the video says i just got a call from justine that she you know to come over right now right now so he went over there and she had bruises on she had a bruise on her arm Oh. And she had it and on her hip, and it, you could just see it coming. It was just oh, coming. It was like just forming. Yeah, and she was kind of laughing and like kind of hysterical. La- like well, I'd be and, too. <laughs> and kind of almost crying at the same time. Like, I don't know what's going on. What's happening here? Oh, scary. Um, but I thought that was, it was pretty in- interesting. So they, the scientists are like, well, yeah. maybe it's, um, some say it's pheromones. That pheromones. pheromones that people are putting off these, you know, fear and all this when they go, when they go in there. So it's like a collective, oh. you know, reaction that they're all kind of having this reaction to this place. Interesting. And then they said that also it could be pheromones from all these people that were in that prison and that were tortured and, and suffered and died. I mean, the pheromones last that long? Yeah, that's that what this odd, person but... that I read the site from me was like, well, I don't know if that could, they would be there that long. I mean, yeah, it seems kind of <laughs> but, ridiculous. You know, but... Psychosomatic hysterical reactions. Which is what they say for everything they can't explain, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's in your head. Yeah. Well, a lot of times your it, body. it can be. I mean, you know. I mean, maybe. We... But... But, we don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't know how it manifests itself out there, but they say because it's so similar, people have the same reactions and see the same thing while they're there that they think, you know, there is something there. Something's happening. And they just don't know what or how to explain it. They've had two. Uh, Colin Grant is a local spiritualist. He performed two exorcisms, and he said that, he was. He believed there there were many spirits trapped there, in pain, and he said, "But there's something else stronger." Huh. And then he died two months later. Oh wow. Which. Yeah, I mean. Has something to do with it? Maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe he just scared himself so much too. I mean, it's yeah. all. But it, yeah. If anywhere. There is a haunting. I believe that's there. There's too many things. It's. There's articles, newspaper oh, articles. Oh, you mean like of, of all the hauntings in the world, this one you think is the most yeah, likely this to, one be f- to, to be true. Yeah, this one to be true with any of them. If this isn't true, then none of the others are true. I right. Mean, there's so many document documented things, articles since 1999 only. Before yeah, that, they were... it was fine. There yeah. was nobody biting anybody. Or, no. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. Really interesting. And the girl that she sat on... on one of the, 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 inside the tomb, one of the tombs, because they're all, they're open, you can walk into them, they're, and they'll have a headstone or something there, but they're like just little cement rooms almost. Yeah. Ooh. And you can walk in there and, and look at things, and it's open, I mean, it's open at night, you can go in there day or night. Oh, weird. But the only ones that do the tours. Yeah, you have the, to go through the that. closed up. Specific company. Car. 
Yeah, so that's all I have on them. But hmm. well, that the, was pretty good. Mackenzie, they called him Bloody Bloody Mackenzie. <laughs> you know they. That's his his. They call his mausoleum the Black Mausoleum. Oh, is it black? The top is black. Yeah, the black stone, and but. so you can look it up under that, or just the Gray Gray Friars Kirk. Gray Friars Kirkyard. Oh, Kirkyard. And there's all kinds of articles on it. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. That's creepy. It is creepy. People go there all the time for different, you know, different reasons. They like to see the story about Bobby the dog. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was even in the same place. Harry Potter. So, like, raptured by the story. Yeah. It just, so much happened. Wow. People getting bit and and pushed and hair pulled and different things so creepy yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know what to think about yeah. it well i kind i kind of believe just for the feeling I, I, listening to some people talk about what happened what there. like there you could tell they're not making it up yeah yeah well i saw one guy he went through this i saw it this morning he he did a walk through and you could tell he was scared but he didn't see anything but then he passed the woman and he you could see him turn around and look and then he said i had to turn around and look make sure she was <laughs> real real yeah <laughs> and she was real that's so funny <laughs> but then too you don't know because it could something could happen when you go home yeah, yeah so you could be thinking oh there's nothing and nothing happened that's fine and then later that night i didn't watch the whole video because he was going to go around to all the different places in Edinburgh, like he said, oh. there were four or five places, and it was in the night. He went by himself, yeah, which I wouldn't do. No, but I mean, well, was he? Did he have somebody filming him, or was he? No, he was he doing was, it himself. I think he was like doing a it selfie, himself. Selfie video. Yeah, he said he was alone, and no, I think he was because you could see, like, when he went down the stairs, you just saw the stairs. Yeah, it wasn't like professionally no. done. Wow, that's no. really fascinating and strange. It is, you know, it's, it's just, well, I don't know if it's going to keep you awake at night. (laughs) Well, some of these stories might, I don't know. I didn't sleep all that great last night, but I didn't think it was because of this, but could be, you never know. Could be all your sleeping (laughs) issues or about stuff like scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be glad when October's over and we don't do scary things. We can move on to something else a little less scary. What are we doing? Is it? We got vampires, vampires and, and werewolves and then zombies, zombies I think. Yeah. And then we're then we're done with, with the with scary. This section of scary yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Our October theme. <laughs> so But well okay. I guess that's about it, that's right? It. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Another episode done. Yeah, and if, <laughs> if anybody has any tips on how to help our sounds <laughs> Yeah, you can you can email us at GardyLoopod G A R D Y l-o-o-p-o-d at gmail.com or find us on facebook or twitter same thing Gardy lou pod so well let us know what you think um we definitely could use any podcasting tips that you might have out there (laughs) like we're struggling and um but we're just gonna keep going because it's fun it is fun yes yeah well bye bye Gardy lou